0: Welcome to the Joy Venture Podcast, a show where dreamers and doers share stories of discovering, developing, and spreading their joy with the world. I'm your host, Thad Devassi, along with Jeremy Slagle. For this episode, Jeremy and I traveled to Nashville, Tennessee to meet with CJ Cassiata, a guy whom we'll affectionately refer to as weird. CJ is a writer and author, creator, filmmaker, mover and shaker, and all-around disruptor. And he's doing all of this with one goal in mind, and that's to help misfits like you and me embrace our weirdness. Because in a sea of same, weird wins. CJ recounts the long journey he's been on, why he's written a book to help others get weird, and where all this weirdness is leading to for him. Be sure to stick around to the end of our conversation, as we have some details to share about how you can come and get weird with CJ in Columbus, Ohio, this October. This is the Joy Venture Podcast with our weird and inspiring friend, CJ Cassiata. Thank you for having us out. This is this feels like a long time coming. Yeah, um, I've and, and longer for me than for you. I have probably reached out to you a little over a year ago, but, but followed you and and what you're doing, but actually it goes back to your days at cardboard in, (laughs) in uh, San Diego. And this is how, this is how I, I, I found you is um, I started my shop eight years ago and didn't have a website for the first, I don't know, three, four years. And just everything was word of mouth. Just kind of do your own thing. I stumbled across cardboard and I'm like, I, I have to make a website. And if I were going to make a website, It would look like this. There there was just something about it because there's not, you you do a lot of what I do um, in in terms of the messaging, branding kind of stuff. And there's not a lot of us that sort of focus in on that part of it. So it just totally spoke to me. And then all of a sudden cardboard was gone and I'm like, what happened? And then I found sounds like a movement. And so there you go. And that's, that's the beginning of getting to know you because then I actually hear your voice and there's a podcast (laughs) and I'm hooked
1: and and you're bringing are. amazing people on your podcast that were just awesome and telling great stories and it's fun. Yeah, Thad shared that with me and I got hooked too. So That's cool.
2: That's I, always it's always cool to hear like who's you out know there in the universe listening to it.
0: What we're it's what we're doing with Joy Venture is in part inspired by what you did oh, with cool. Sounds Like a Movement because it was interesting people doing really unashamed interesting work and willing to just kind of bare their souls a little bit about what made them tick, and I and that was that was the sort of like finger on the pulse of something that we didn't know was quite ready to hatch for us. Hmm. So it was a huge it was a huge inspiration That's awesome. uh, for the kind of stuff that, that that we're doing in a slightly different um, perspective. But but yeah, talk a little bit about you know San Diego cardboard. You know, th- there's there's an evolution here, <laughs> um, and I, I'm interested in hearing that story of you kind of finding you know that joy for you and in particular knowing when to move into something new and to do something different
2: man i i feel like i'm i've i'm still trying to figure that out i'm just like a chronic builder i realize i can't like it's a, I have a ocd sort of thing when it comes to like building like i i not a super great scaler i've, I've learned to be somewhat good at it and i'll bring other people around me who um, are really good scalers but I just I'm like kind of addicted to the build and so um it's taken me a while to kind of figure out what sort of you know, I had a, a friend who is a lot older and wiser than me and which is not hard to do, hard to be, but he's like exponentially older and wiser than me. And he was just like, Man, I think like he just spoke some really cool stuff, you know, into my life about a year and a half ago and he's like, I I feel like you've been kind of rattling the keys in your pocket for a really long time. And I think it's it's probably time to, you know, take those keys out and put them in the ignition and drive. And so that's kind of, that was cardboard. In, in many ways, um, sounds like a movement was like a, a, a much closer iteration of, I think, what I'm probably designed to be doing. And then I would say what I'm kind of in in transition into building right now Um is it feels really good. It feels like, okay, I think I could sink the next 15 to 20 years into this next sort of iteration, but talk to me in two or three years. <laughs> no, I, I just, I really hope I'm a little bit, you know, um, I've got some building fatigue in me right now and I'm like, okay, I think this is, I think this is it. So
0: yeah. Yeah. So you go from chronic builder to building fatigue to, Oh yeah. I'm just you, are,
2: Even, even the fatigue I'm building. You yeah. know, I just can't start <laughs> to, like build everything. But yeah. So,
0: um, Let's talk a little bit about "Sounds Like a Movement" because there, there's language in "Sounds Like a Movement" um, about weird. I remember that was the first time you started yeah. using weird, and it's like uh, okay. And, and then you move, <laughs> then, then you then you move out of that. T- talk a little bit about the evolution of you know what you were trying to do with "Sounds Like a Movement" and how that's kind of moved you along here in the last year, two years of. Yeah of doing these things at your home and having these retreats and really getting people of like the, you know, this whole getting weird concept.
2: Yeah. I've always been kind of circling around this idea that I think we're all like the three of us are really drawn to of like, okay, there are these weird people for lack of a better word who are changing culture in the margins one step at a time, one interesting, daring, risk-taking odd kind of move at a time. And what I was hanging on to for a while was this word movement, um, because I thought it was a good sort of representation of what that actually was, and we had the name Sounds Like a Movement, and um, it resonated with some people, and then I I realized around the time of, this is a very short version of this story, but around the time of, um, like, the elections and movement just became such a overused kind of buzzword. Um, everybody was calling their thing a movement, you know? And what I realized was movement was sort of becoming white noise. And so what I started to do was go, okay, well what's even beyond movement? What am I trying to say? Um, and I realized, wow, all movements are really weird and strange. And I'm not the first one to come up with that. Sure. The term weird or whatever, obviously not, but you know, um, I went, what's something that really identifies all of these people who are, are using their imagination, using their creativity, leaning into their childlike wonder to do something um that can change their communities. And so weird was really the word and so once I it's funny, I, I did kind of a experiment in a in a speaking gig I did in, in LA right after the time um that I'd kind of like come up with the, okay, I think I'm going to start using the word weird more. And it was all around, you know, movements are weird and this is what, you know, this is what weirdos do. And I could see, it was almost like I saw the lights come on in people's eyes where I'm like, wow, people don't usually act as interested when I, <laughs> when I talk. And uh, and so that was kind of like confirmation for me and go, okay, let's actually kind of move forward. I sort of moved the movement stuff into the background a bit and went, um, okay, we're, we're, I mean, we're going to start of re... Kind of positioning and re messaging a lot of the same stuff I've been doing, but around weirdness versus movement.
0: You're you're now doing something where you're actually inviting people into your home, or you're inviting you know doing that out uh, yeah. out west and having these retreats. How is how how are people responding and, and receiving that? Because I I think you know as someone who does messaging and branding and sort of figuring out what your story is, mm-hmm. um, weird is one of those words that it's like. I'm curious of the kind of people that you're attracting with that, because is it is it is it weirdos as we think of weirdos, or is it? I think my idea is weird, and I don't know if anyone will like it. And do I have something here? Talk. Well, I think
2: I think everybody knows there's something off about them. Yeah, (laughs) you know, there's something odd. There's something different, and so it's attracting a lot of those people who are either weary because they've been trying to step into that reality and it's just, they're just fatigued because that kind of comes with the territory. I think people doing weird work often walk with a limp or it's people who are going, okay, I think I've got this thing in me and I'm not sure if I've got the courage enough to do it. Um, So maybe I'll join some other people who are kind of in the same camp. But yeah, and what it's it, it, the kind of the interesting thing about it is it's, it's been one of the first times of have kind of it sort of embraced my own sort of weirdness and gone. You know, I, I like talking about strategy and I like talking about messaging and all that kind of stuff, and that's sort of been my bread and butter. But what I'm really concerned with is is the soul of of an organization, a person, an entrepreneur, an artist. And I feel like if we can get that thing right, then the story often follows yeah. uh, suit. And so. What I've been trying to do is sort of shift. I I feel like our culture is very story-obsessed right now. And it makes sense because story is this amazing tool that we've been given since the dawn of creation, right? I mean, it passes on traditions. It solves complex problems. It's able to explain things. Um, But, you know, we've got Instagram stories. We've got, uh, you know... You're, everybody, you know, you look in a a city and you see, you know, murals that go, your story matters, or live a better story, or, you know, tell your story, share your story. And what the danger in that is, is that we can start to confuse um, our story with our identity. Mm. Um, Because your story, you can manipulate the parts, right? You can eliminate things, you can emit stuff, you can add stuff. Uh, But when it comes to your identity, I'm under the uh, belief that that comes pre-installed, like since childhood. You know, you're, you're given an identity. You're given a unique set of lungs and a unique um, set of DNA strands that nobody else has in the universe. I mean, if you just stop and think about that for a minute, it's unbelievably incredible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, getting to the the root beyond your story of who who you really are um, before the world started telling you, well, you have to tell a story. Well, you have to sort of You know, um, manipulate and kind of either make up things, hide things, move things around. Um, Again, story's great, but I became, I started becoming right around the time of the weird, you know, I started working around that that word weird. I started becoming more um, interested in, both in myself and other people, uh, figuring out how to get to that, that root. That lies, uh, you know, beneath um, our narratives.
0: How hard is that? How hard has that been?
2: It's been, <laughs> it's been an ebb and flow of like. I think people really want to talk about that. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm surprised at how many people are like, "Oh my gosh, yes, thank you." I wish somebody was telling me that. But it's also, um, it's also stuff that takes. It just takes more work, and mm-hmm. it's. Uh, I think it's more draining and I think it's a, it's, it's a tougher conversation, you know? Um, but it's what I, it, it's what I love to do, you know? And it's, I think there's, even on an organizational level, it's always fun to go time out. Like when I, cause I still do like consulting and everything, um, and helping organizations get weird and stuff. But I, I, I kind of shifted the messaging from messaging, you know, and branding to what's going on with you guys. What's, what's your identity? Yeah. What can't you not do? And for a long time, um, I think our, our organizations are sort of have kind of remained severed from those two things. Like you've had marketing and branding over in this one corner, yeah. and then you've had like leadership development and cultural change and everything in that corner, and then you have like CSR and like corporate social responsibility and all that stuff in a whole other section. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to do is to go, you know, the best way to get that lined and probably like save money along the way and like make other people happy to come to work is to figure out who you are, why it matters and why it's different than anybody else. And and answer those questions authentically, not in order to, you know, sell off a campaign or whatever, but, you know, answer those questions authentically so that you um, create some form of health and sustainability, which I think we all
1: want. So my question is, you, you help them find the weird? I mean, is is it possible that someone doesn't have the weird in them? No. Everybody has the weird. Everybody has it.
2: So okay. like you can't help it. And the how do you... The fact that you're different than I am makes you weird, right? I mean, so, And I'm like... I use weird in the sense of like unique. We're right. all...
1: Yeah. But, but so to me, you know, I know, if that and I've talked about this, you're a Jim Henson fan. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, you've got Mr. Rogers. You've got people out there that have that have just risen to the top, like they're the, they're the cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. In, it would seem to me like we would use people like that as inspiration for our own weirdness. Yeah. But doesn't that sometimes lead to an in, inauthentic weirdness? Like, I want to be weird like them. Oh, and, yeah. And totally. how do you find that?
2: <laughs> I saw a, a Masterclass ad the other day for Malcolm Gladwell's uh, Masterclass course, which I, I think is great, and I actually want to buy it. But the messaging bugged me so much, and it said, "Write like Gladwell." Mm. I don't want to write like Gladwell. Right, that's not the point. Gladwell doesn't want to write like Tolstoy, or you know, and Tolstoy right. didn't want to write like Dickens. They found what was unique about their own voice, and they used that. So that doesn't that does not make me want to buy a class to write like somebody else. Right. I'm interested in Malcolm Gladwell instructing me how to write like me.
1: So how do you take somebody who's inspired by or? Or sees the weirdness in someone else and wants to find find it in. that. How do you fi- help them find that authentic weirdness in themselves when it's so easy for you to be like, yeah, but I want to be weird like that guy?
2: Yeah, it's just you're, you're you're completely, you know, you're starting off with a false start. You're missing right. the point, point. And so um, oftentimes it's when I'm working with leaders, it's like. Going all the way back to their um, their childhood roots, which like nobody wants to do at first, and then it gets really really fun. Um, but chances are, you know, who you were when you were about six or seven years old, and what you wanted to be, and what you wanted to do with your life, is pretty aligned with what you probably should be doing if you want to be joyful and have and, and you know, I love I love the phrase joy venture. I think that's great. If you you know, if you want to send yourself on a on a joy venture. <laughs> You might need to connect with the six or seven year old version of you. Hmm. That's good.
0: You're, you're. I liked what you said because this
2: is this is what I deal
0: with all the time. And, and Jeremy gets clients, and they're like, "Hey, I, I need, I need a logo. I need, yeah. I need. That's my identity, and that's what it's going to be wrapped up in." And, and Jeremy was like, "Well, okay, we need to back you up a couple steps and figure out what's your story, yeah. because no nobody." comes running to me going I need, I, I need to figure out what my story is right yeah. and, and and so I liked what you said because it's it's very true with what what I do as well it's like who are you what do you do why do you matter why should I care yeah but but even more than that it, it's the what we start to find out is I I want to I want to be the next fill in the blank yeah and it's like how about be the first version the, the first you yeah or the, or the original you and what you were saying i so resonate with with this idea of um you know culture change and csr and marketing communication it's this is this is sticky Un, i don't say i think it's uncomfortable for a lot of people because they just want to they just want the answer yeah. just just tell me what to be and yeah, i and yeah, i'll yeah. go I'll, tell yeah. me what my weird is and i'll go be weird
1: yeah. what's the five step plan to being weird right <laughs> right
2: and that that's it's it's you know that's all BS. <laughs> there's no, there's no formulas.
0: So, Jeremy mentioned it a few minutes ago. This idea of I, I, you know, Fred Rogers and 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 Jim Henson and these things that sort of connect with us back in our, our childhood. I look at guys like you. Um, you've met our friend Greg Walter, who's doing stuff. Oh for, yeah, I love Greg for Sesame Street. Um, I look at Brad Montague, who's you know, mm. you guys are doing stuff that is uh, and inspired by. Um, this nostalgia, this childhood-like wonder that that is intended to connect with adults and businesses and corporations. And I, I'm talk a little bit about the inspiration for for going back to the this these childlike things and, the, and a presentation of it in a way that that feels um that like connects me back to my adolescence, right? Yeah, which doesn't feel businesslike. At all, right?
2: No. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to think about it. People spend most of their lives working, right? And so might as well make that place a fun place to be and a fun yeah. place to work. And again, it's kind of what I was saying before. Like, I just remember, and for some people, it was 16. I, I hated being a, a teenager. I loved, you know, getting college and I loved being, I loved being six and seven. I thought, well, you know, so whenever you were, you know, most alive, try and like marry that with being... A really good grown-up because I'm not saying you should just stick yourself in nostalgia land and never actually, you know That's living in the past. That's living right? in the past. You're living in the past, man. <laughs> um but but if you can figure out, man, what was it about that time in my life, whenever I felt most alive, what was going on and how can I sort of reclaim some of that stuff? I think at some point we all get the weird kicked out of us. We all end up, you know. Putting a crazy idea out there in the you know the world, or doing some weird sort of dance or whatever, and somebody goes, you know, nope, that's not for me. And because it's not for me, it's not for you. Could be a parent, could be a coach, could be a bully, and you know, I think our life's journey is somehow uh, trying to realize that those voices aren't uh, there anymore. Maybe they are, and they but they just don't matter. Mm. So, I think that's a message that everybody needs to know in if you're talking to organizations you're talking to to leaders you gotta go okay you are gonna constantly be barraged the weirder your idea the stranger your idea is you're gonna constantly be met with people who go I don't get it I call it the snozzberry effect remember William Walker in the chocolate factory he's looking at all the, the you know he's showing the kid lickable wallpapers and he goes you know lick the walls uh, strawberries taste like strawberries, pineapples taste like pineapples, the snozberries taste like snozberries, and some, like, brat, you know, little girl whips her head around, she goes, snozzberry, Veruca. who's ever heard of it? Right? who's ever heard of a snozberry? And, uh, I mean, you get that all the time, I get yeah. that all the time, you go, I have this great idea, it's amazing, you've never heard of it before, and people go, I don't get it. Um, but Wonka fires back, he, he, says, we are the music makers and we are the dreamers of the dreams, which a lot of people think that's an Wonka original but he's actually quoting uh, this guy, Arthur O'Shaughnessy from the 1800s, uh, a brilliant British poet, and it's a, from a poem called Ode, and it's a really beautiful poem. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a little bit of a tangent. But, nice. um, but, yeah, I think the principles that usually get kicked out of us around adolescence are the principles we actually need to thrive as grownups especially in organizations so you can cut out everything i said up until then because that was really <laughs> a succinct uh, version of your question
0: what makes you weird
2: oh man because, way too I, I mean, much. because because yeah
0: i mean here you are you're this guy leading this 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 movement um <laughs> like you know try saying now um but you're saying weird wins mm-hmm. and you know, it's the weirdos that, um, are, you know, change the world. Yeah. For people that are like, you know, skeptical. like, eh, I, don't know, I don't know about this weird stuff. What, what is it about you that yeah. you, you've embraced your inner weirdness to say, you know what? I'm planting my flag
2: yeah. here. Well, I mean, my wife's probably a much better person to ask this question. I'm sure <laughs> she's going to come up with a bunch of things that um, I'm not thinking about, but I'm like, so I, I'm a big Muppet fan. I'm a really big like old soul where I listen to vinyl records and love you know anything before like 1972 and um and so that's kind of weird about me um but I I feel uh, other times I feel super normal like I mow my own lawn and I live in the suburbs and you know I just I don't I'm always sort of uh, I feel like I'm when I realize that this word weird actually had potential to make sense to a lot of people I kind of had a moment where I paused and went like in my the guy to carry this forward Like I don't feel particularly weird I feel very very normal um, But I think and I hope That that's actually a really good thing Because hopefully I can be A spokesperson For other people who feel really normal And therefore kind of mundane And ordinary And go no 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 If, there's, if, if I'm convinced there's some Extraordinariness um, in me yeah then there's there's some in you too yeah um so yeah what what, what have you
0: um you, you've made a variety of pivots mm. how do you know or have you known yeah
2: when's the right time to to shift because i like, don't know and i probably jump ship too early i just see myself I, I you, you mentioned cardboard which is something I don't even like think about you know yeah. these days but cardboard was I remember having the original idea for a brand named cardboard and actually um crying because and I disconnected these dots the other day but like cuz I had this big vision to help kids reconnect with their imagination through it yes I was going to help you know grown up organizations brand themselves and stuff but the the image of cardboard and playing with cardboard and the potential that you saw in cardboard mm. um that is what really motivated me. And up until I'm gonna say like about last week, I just kinda of swept that under the rug and go, Okay, that you know, that was for a season and then we started sounds like a movement. But I'm realizing the stuff that I'm working really hard on now, the stuff that I'm building and the stuff that I think um is gonna last fifteen or twenty years or I'm just going to go take a cubicle job. Cause it's like, again, it's a, I, I can't imagine myself doing anything other than the stuff that I'm working on right now. Um, and it's the first time I can ever say that in my life. Like, wow. honestly, um, it is the fulfillment of those little seed like ideas. And so it's different for everybody. Again, I'm, I'm a chronic builder and tear down. I, I understand, I hate that he does it, but I understand George Lucas so intimately when he like wants to change everything about what he's like put out there in the universe because yeah. I has had that syndrome like I just you know I'm a little bit too much of a perfectionist and um, but I can start to see I think I think there's been some really interesting graceful moments in my life especially over the past couple of months where I'm starting to see the things that I deemed as either failures or and Carver wasn't a failure. It just again, it was a pivot. But like failures, or that's done, that didn't have any value. On to the next thing. As oh wait a minute, no, that that I can actually start to connect the dots. And um, that was really surprising and continues to surprise me, and makes me feel like I'm not as crazy as I think I am most days. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Before we get to where this. Uh, idea that you're working on now that you you see potential in. I think the last time I talked to you, you were you were doing documentary filmmaking, which is uh, you know sure. another you know maybe it's a tangent, maybe it was something different. And yeah. t- again, that evolution of, of like wh- how does that come into the picture after sounds like a movement. And you're 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 thinking about you know the next iteration of weird. Yeah, that in comes something totally different. How's that planned?
2: Yeah, I mean I've always done. Um, and it's funny, I don't think, that, you're probably one of like two people, my mom probably being one of them, who like has followed my, you know, career to the, the degree that... He's stalking uh, you. <laughs> That you have. I'm like, it's just not that interesting. <laughs> um, but there's always been, I've always done um, like identity, um, you know, identity work, and then with that, some form of production. So I went to school um, for media production, film, stuff. So that's always been something that I've done, and then um, I've just... I've just, I think, become more, again, because I've got the George Lucas syndrome. I've become a little bit more uh, forthright about the fact that that's. Uh, I've, I have work that I feel like I'm more proud of than I've been, you know, in the past couple of years, and so I'm starting to kind of put that, put that out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, productions, always, productions just really fun because, I mean, you know this is what I do, like writing, podcasting, identity work, like sometimes it can feel really lonely. Like you're a consultant and you're a coach and you're just like, you're always like extending yourself to other people. But what I love about production is like, you can't not have a crew. Like there's just like, you can't get it done. You literally have, you don't have enough limbs. And so I just love, I love everything about, you know, getting the crew together and collaborating on an idea and fighting over stuff. And I say that hyperbolically, but like, like fighting over, you know, this shot or that shot or should that go in there and that and so it's it's really nice to like you know, I love imaginary friends, I have a lot of them, but it's nice <laughs> to have actual friends too.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's all led to this sort of excitement of where you are right now and where you're yeah. going. Tell us tell us what's next.
2: So I've got a, a book coming out in um in September, which I'm really excited about called get weird. And that's kind of a manifesto for it's a, it's a bridge for kind of what I've been doing over the past 10 years into what I've been, what I'm working on and want to do for the next, you know, 10, 15 years, 20 years as well. And so what I realized is, and it's funny, like, hang on, you guys, you guys have, have kind of been steeped in cardboard and it sounds like a movement. If you can kind of take all of, all of the, all of the essences of those brands and kind of mix them in a pot and, end the production and stuff in like, in, mash it together and bake it and, you know, serve it. It's what um this thing called ring beller is. And ring beller is a uh word that raul Dahl used in the yeah. BFG to describe a really great dream kids have. And so I was sitting in a coffee shop about two years ago, two and a half years ago, it was right in the middle of Sounds like a movement. Everything was going great with it. And I just went, This is good, but this is not I saw the shelf life to it. I'm like, this is not gonna fulfill me in the long run. But I was noticing, I'm like, man, we're really connecting with all these misfits and make-believers and people like Seth Godin and Sam White who started Shakespeare in Detroit and is changing Detroit around, you know, um, through the arts and all these remarkable people. And I went, this is great that, like, my peers know this and can get access to these interviews. But really, um, when I look at my heroes from being a kid myself, Jim Hansen, Mr. Rogers, Walt Disney, like, kids need to know this stuff. Like, kids really need to connect with a guy like Seth Godin or someone like Simon Sinek or someone like um, Kimberly Bryant who founded Black Girls Code. Like somebody, people who are using their imagination and their weirdness to make their communities better. Because our schools are doing really well at teaching um, everything STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. But what has happened, unfortunately, is about 80% of school districts have removed uh, the arts and humanities Mm -hmm. from them. Uh, So any kind of form of creativity entrepreneurship um empathy collaborative thinking all of these skills that by the way um massive organizations like google and mcdonald's have projected will be the school will be the skills that uh people need in order to thrive in the workplace in like 10 to 15 years because everything else is going to be automated um we're not teaching those skills yeah. to kids and so we're developing is a nonprofit that um its main product is a, is a curriculum. It's a, it's a a media based curriculum, um, that teaches kids creativity and kindness. And its main kind of flagship are, uh, video interviews of these Misfits and Make Believers. And so, um, it's something I'm just, I've always been passionate about and I can, again, I can kind of look back and see the dots sort of connect. Um, but yeah, it's almost like I'm, I'm, here right now, and I go, oh my gosh! I kind of have everything I need to to go and, and make this happen. Like, let's just let's just do it. So, anyway, that's great. Yeah.
0: I, a not for profit creating curriculum to help kids with creativity, empathy, kindness. Yeah, the, the, this is the question that, that, that would be in the back of my head. Yeah, what makes you think you're Who what? Yeah. who? What, what do you? What do you?
2: What you do know? you think
0: that CJ you can do this? And
2: I think maybe that's probably what makes me weird is yeah. like I, I live with that tension every day, and the reality is is like I feel like I, I'm worth like a grain of salt when it comes to like media development and um, identity stuff, and and really like just doing great creative. I am um, I am a kindergartner. I think I just graduated to first grade. Um, when it comes to Educational, uh, the educational landscape and world. And it's, and the only reason I say that I've graduated to, to first grade is because I've been lucky enough or blessed enough to um, have people kind of step in who are brilliant educators and district leaders and teachers who I've gone poke as many holes in this as you possibly can. And like, you, you can't, like, you can't hurt me. Like, I know, I know nothing. And, um, and so that's been cool. Um I, I really don't I, I'm I'm learning a whole lot about the educational system. And again, it's like that that's that's when it goes back to like kind of the weird versus normal thing. Like I'm not super qualified to do this at all. But I can't not do it. And I don't think I've got a, a passage in the book about Julie Tamer. Um mm. And the first part of it is how Michael Eisner was just such a brilliant um, creative leader in the sense that when she kind of came into a Disney board meeting and showed them all the models for the puppets and everything she was doing for The Lion King, most of the executives were like, what the heck are you doing? Like, this does not make sense. And Eisner pulled her aside and went, hey, you got to go for it. Because I've just found in my career, the bigger the risk, the bigger the payoff. Mm. So there's that element. But what we what we tend to think is that um, formula or that, you know, that equation is is true hundred percent of the time and it's just not because we all know Julie Tamers, one of Julie Tamer's next projects was Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, and it was just a complete and utter failure in so many ways. And so was you know, did Julie Tamer have this brilliance that is unaccessible by us that she was able to create the Lion King? I don't think so because mm-hmm. I think she just well, did it. I think she, I think we we're all, I think the the, the playing field is level. We we're all, you know, now socioeconomically and all that kind of stuff, that's very different, which is why we're trying to do a nonprofit because we want to be able to put this in as many schools as possible, even ones that don't have a ton of you know resources. But from a human standpoint, we're all born with the same uh, set of DNA, set of lungs, you know, and brain. And so it's just the capacity to actually make things happen. Julie Tamer, you could look at it and go, um, Julie Tamer created the Lion King. I'm not capable of doing that. Or you can go, wow, Julie Tamer created... Spider Man turn off the dark. I'm she's cap- if if she's capable of creating such a failure, I am too. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not it's a it's a it's a the equation works both ways. Yeah.
1: This is something Fad and I talk about a lot is this whole like culture of you should fail, fail often, fail Yeah. What is your what are your thoughts on that?
2: I mean it's always not nice to. Uh it's nice or it's nice not to fail, but I think I I I think um, you know, Seth Goten talks a lot about this and I'm not the the first, but um yeah, I, I think you should. Um I think you should strive to <laughs> to succeed, but I think we're we're missing the point of what we call failures. I think we label experiments failures. Um and they're just experiments. And so when I think of failure, I think of something that it's like, oh man, like I like I reserve that word for bigger things. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Yeah. um like if I fail in my marriage or I fail at being a father or I feel like I'm doing something pretty Significant, and even those, I think, can be redeemed. But we tend to place the label of failure on, I mean, scientists. What do you, like, their job is to fail. Like, yeah. if they're not failing, like, something's wrong with the universe. And so we just got to, uh, the reason I think as creative people we we associate the word failure with so many, you know, experiments is because we have, we're super insecure people who are naturally bent towards, you know, not wanting to be seen as something um, that we don't want people to perceive us as. I I like what you're saying there because I think that
0: what you said about where you're going next with the book and and, and the not-for-profit is you can see ingredients from everything that you did in the past, whether or not it met the full expectation of what you thought it was going to be at the time. Yeah and i think the thing that we run into uh, you know from a consulting side of things is that failure has become this sort of startup trendy buzzword because failure is related to dollars and cents and to um into uh you know um venture capital and and did we fail or did we succeed which all comes down to a monetary Certainly. point of view but from a creative standpoint our our you know i would almost say there isn't any failure it's it's iteration it's yeah, iteration is it, another good word for it, it. Which I would love using that word more than failure because we 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 learn something, um, and a failure. I don't know, at least in my opinion is is I I, I really like what you say. It. It's reserved for bigger things, you know, yeah. family, parenting, things of that nature. But I think, and even then, like you said, it can be redeemed. But I I, I think that this idea of a fear of failure whether whether you look at it a fear of failure where you won't engage or or failure because i just need to get on to the next thing i don't know i just think that um there there's there's they 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 both lack this level of empathy that we need to like just do better right yeah. and, and not look at it as is all this way or all that way yeah
2: the idea of just never getting off the boat is what really that that's just hard for me to swallow. Like yeah. when people that that's what I'm talking about. Like you, yeah. you can, and at, at times there there's a time to uh, strategize and really plan your attack. But then at some point you just gotta go and do it. Yeah. And know that you know I don't think I've had a I think even my most like strategic plan where I went okay if I do this then that'll happen and that'll happen and that'll happen. Like even the most thought out plan hasn't gone the way. I've suspected it to in real life, <laughs> right? Like you're kind of playing with Legos, you know, to versus like building an actual building. Like there's, you know, it's not it's not a, uh, compl- you know, it's not apples to oranges. So, right. um, but yeah, I mean, and like the younger you are, like I was talking with one guy the other day, and he was like, you know, oh man, I can't believe I did this, and then I, you know, wasted my money on this, and this didn't work out. I'm like, who cares, man? <laughs> like, yeah. great wonderful. Like you now know things that you didn't before. Right. And you don't have other dependents. Like it's beautiful. (laughs) When you, when you're taking people through
0: your curriculum, um, you know, what you've been doing now and what you're about to do, um, you know, you can give them those steps and, and how to, how to tap your inner weirdness or whatever, you know, build the, build the messaging, the strategy, all that. But at some point, they've got to. How, how do you? And I'm thinking about people that listen to this. I'm thinking about people that that come to your retreat or, or, or get your materials or going to read your book. What do you want them to? You know, great. You've read it. You've absorbed it. I, I've I've consulted and I've taken your your company through this. Now it's up to you. How how do you encourage them to actually act differently, do differently?
2: Yeah. Well, that that's that's something. I, think a lot about. So we have um, both in the in the nonprofit and in the curriculum for the nonprofit and the, the thing I actually do for organizations now, which, you know, spoiler alert, it's a kid version of the thing I do for organizations now. Because I'm like, organizations should get this, but if you can understand this as kids, all the better. Yeah. Um, so, but it's, it's a creating a manifesto and it's putting ideas and statements that are like flags in the sand on paper yeah. and referring to them often. So sometimes language is the best way that we can, um, create change because we just think visually. So I ask, you know, if, if, if you're an organization, your team can't recite your mission or your purpose or your unique point of view, uh, by heart, then like you need to go, you they probably need to hire you. You're probably better at it than I am, but you need to, to, to work on that. Um, because if, if they don't know, then chances are your customers, your donors, yeah. your audience doesn't know either. Right. Um, but the more you can begin to bake those things, but the clearer you, you become on those things, the more um, the, the, the more people actually start to live them out. and But they have to start from a place of they, again, they have to go through a process. They can't be done solely in mind or solely with the customer in mind. It has to start internally as a team but usually i've found language really helps yeah so, um
0: what you've done from a consulting side for companies yeah you know you can see like hey man it's up to you you got to go implement you got to go live it out right yeah, yeah. And, and i think mm-hmm. as consultants we kind of take it personally when we see that they're like man they're not doing it right you yeah, know, know. Or they are, they're not running forward but at least at that point you've handed over and they've paid the dollars and cents to do it. And it's like, Hey man, that's on you. If, if, if you, if, if you're not going to follow through with it, that's, you know, there's no more that you can yeah. do there.
2: It's so fun to, to see when they do though. Oh, and it is. when you're like, it's yes. Most... Okay. It's like, I thought I was right when I said that. <laughs>
0: so, so how is that going to translate for you now when you're putting it into school? Like, so I guess the question, yeah. you know, I, I, I hate, you know, I think our business is so hard. Um, when we're talking about language and culture to measure ROI, it's like you know that. Yeah, I'm talking to the wrong person sometimes when I'm when, they, when that's all they care about. But I, but I want you know what does success look like? Yeah. With what you're about to unleash? Yeah,
2: I know. And whenever we were talking to like an artist, it's like we don't like to talk about ROI. We just we want to feel it. Yeah. Um, but um, so long term, I want to see the the bullying statistic, the gun violence statistic, which we need a lot of work. Just besides, you know great curriculum um but um and the self-harm statistic go down nationally i think it's no surprise to me that you have kids who go um man i i'm not learning positive ways to express myself uh, which is kind of the purpose of the arts i guess oh yeah i'll I'll probably express myself in negative ways that's just human nature like i can't believe like i want to get a whiteboard you know (laughs) Out to our culture and go. Uh, do you guys see the disconnect here? Like you removed the arts and humanities away from schools, which are designed, and it's a very long, it's a very ancient process. By the way, it's a very ancient thing that we've we've leveraged as you know for millions of years as as, as human beings. They're designed to help people express themselves in positive, healthy ways. And when you remove those things, are we shocked that kids? are turning to really harmful ways uh, to express themselves. It's like, to me, that that's the big, like, aha moment. Um, so that's long-term. Short-term, uh, we're very... We have um, psychologists working with us and stuff, which is really cool, uh, coming up with assessments, intro assessments, outro assessments. Um, and uh, I think what my, what my artist gut is, besides, you know, our, our, our assessments... Um, are I think the stories too. I think I'm excited to hear the feedback. I already hear, and I'm not. I'm believe me, I'm not saying this to toot my own horn. It's it's shocking and surprising to me where I'll put something out there, I'll write something, or I'll you know, and I'll get an email from a stranger for somebody I don't know very well, and I'll be like, man, like I was gonna say, like you're like that really moved me and stuff, or that really helped me. I'm like, dude, that's I can coast off of that for you know months, and so. I think when we go out the gate with this product that's designed to change kids' lives for the better, I'm, I'm excited to hear the stories from teachers and from kids and from parents and log those and archive those and go, "Okay, look, here's a giant book of, <laughs> or you know of stories of life change." So I think that that's, that's short term, again, long- term. I want to see those statistics start to go down. Kids, school should be this amazing place where wonder um, and bravery and weirdness just come alive. It should be a you know, every, every kid should be a glad scientist, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they're looking increasingly more like um, military compounds or prison cells is just as heartbreaking to me. Yeah, and we we've really. We have to talk about it and figure it out because twenty years down the line we have no idea what we're in for if we don't fix this whole they call it soft skills, collaboration, empathy, creativity. If we can't start baking that into our kids yeah. education now, we are in for I don't want to sound doomsday, but we're 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 in for a pretty big disaster. You're a you're a brand guy,
0: you're a communication guy, and you're about to step into this not for profit world to sort yeah. of change lives at the elementary school level did you ever think that this is where you'd be totally really yeah this is where you thought you would be yeah
2: Wow. and i feel like i've been dancing around it for a good 10 years
0: so th- that's, that's
2: that's not the, the answer i expected right that's
0: totally not the. <laughs> yeah. I was like i was ready to say something else that wasn't what i was expecting yeah so why did it take so long
2: Yeah, because you know fear of failure <laughs> because well, i haven't gotten off the boat
1: is it that or do you feel like th- the the opportunities and the things that you've learned along the way has uniquely prepared you for this time and moment to do it like it's not something you necessarily could have done 10 years ago but now having done or no no, no, that's a, no that's
2: that's kind and that's i would love to say that and i think it's ha- i think that's true i think there's this weird sort of mystical collision of like yes, go, now is the time to do this. Can't you see every, you know, I think the universe is Mm -hmm. going. Can you not see how everything has prepared you for this moment? However, I feel like, and again, nothing's wasted, but my natural proclivity is to go, man, this is, hmm, I've settled for what I knew was going to be safe and kind of, pay the bills and I, I mean dude fundraising is a mm-hmm. not good thing <laughs> it is a good thing it's not a fun thing to do for me yeah. i'm not so so And i'm working with a coach and we've we've raised um, a bunch of money so far which is amazing but it's like it's it's stepping into the unknown but it it's funny to write this book in tandem with doing this because i'm like well you know in the whole editing process like you write it and we were talking about this before recording it's like you write it yeah you got to read it again. Then you got to read it again. I'm like, okay, this book was good the first time. I would not recommend this book. You know, people read this thing five times like I've had to. Um, but it's been cool to remind or to, to read myself saying something five months ago and I go, damn it, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and, you know, like old CJ, five months ago CJ reminding current CJ who's angsting and stressed about whatever. Go, no, 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 this is actually. What you're supposed to do. So, that's really cool. So, the,
0: the the person that's in the cubicle, the person that's got that weird idea. Yeah. When when did you know? Stop dancing around it. I mean, hmm. there's got to be a point because I, I, I this is what what we're trying to do for people is help them sort of discover, develop, and then go spread it. And, and what you're saying is that fear and that dancing around it. At some point, some that 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 penny had to drop to say, yeah,
2: enough. That's a good question. I never really, like, processed that out loud. Um, hmm. I just, I think I was kind of tired of, um, well, a couple of things. So, a couple of things that, that are unique to our friendship and conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the idea about two and a half years ago. Like, I remember the moment I had the idea, where I was, me sketching stuff out, thinking about stuff. And because I'm a chronic builder and starter and kind of a entrepreneurial sort of ideation sort of mind, this was the very first idea in my, and this probably hopefully sounds like maturity, you know, I was like 29 at the time or whatever and I went, yes, <laughs> and make sure yes, <laughs> like, mm. like just percolate on that. Like if that's true... I was waiting for it to go away. I was waiting for it to be like, oh, okay, that was a good idea because I've had lots of those. And a year went by, and I'm still like, man, I think that's the, I think that's the dream. I think that's it. And then another year went by, and I went, I'm still, I'm still feeling this. And then the weird thing, book thing happened. I went, well, that kind of lines up really perfectly. And then I started researching more and more about the state of schools and our education system and how desperately needed. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to. Fit a square peg into a round hole here and going, oh, this might be a good idea. I'm like, no, this is sorely, sorely needed. And yeah, maybe I'm not the best one to do it, but somebody freaking needs to do this. Yeah. Um, and so, and so that was that that's that was a big confirmation for me the fact that I really did sit on it like for about two years. And that's not my nature. My nature is if I think about it because um, for those of you familiar with like Gallup Finder, it's like um, ideation and activation are my top two mm-hmm. so somebody told I told somebody that who's a strengths coach one time he goes man you're never happy are you I go nope <laughs> <laughs> like you're miserable all the time um, and so I, I took the activator I made the activator gene dormant and I said I've got to actually make sure that this is something I want to do so there's that um, and at some point I went Okay, when I get the name, when I understand what the name is, I'm a big name and it's a part of the branding thing, mm-hmm. then I'll know it's time to that's kind of the ultimate in my game. Because again, I want to go out the gate and and you know, um and just, you know, run, you know, um, full speed ahead. And so when I when I found the name, I was like, okay, I think it's gonna be Ring Beller. And I think we can use that name, pass his trademark. We got the dot com, we got the org. That was right around the time some stuff was changing with the weird book. I got that deal and it just seemed like things were sort of lining up. And, yeah. um, and now it's good because we want to, we're starting production on the thing in January. I mean, we're all we're doing a bunch of pre-production now, but I'm glad I started at the beginning of this year, fundraising, pitching, articulating. Um, cause now I'm at the point where I'm like, gosh, if I waited another month, I'm so humbled by how how complex and how long the grant writing process takes, and the fundraising and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm putting my board together and all that kind of stuff. Like, like man, I, I'm glad I started when I did because this really is a ramp up. So, yeah. um, so I'm learning to get slower. Thanks to CJ for sharing his story and
0: for his insatiable desire to make a difference in the lives of others. If you want to meet CJ, you're in luck. Joy Venture, along with our pals at Making Midwest, will be hosting him here in Columbus, Ohio on Tuesday, October 16th at the Book Loft to coincide with the release of his book, Get Weird. You can check out the podcast page for CJ on our website for more details on this event, including how to get a copy of his book right now. You can also look for us in your social media feeds. If you like what you're hearing on the Joy Venture podcast, we'd love to know about it and love it even more if you'd share it with others. You can like or follow us on your favorite platforms as it will help others who are looking to discover their joy discover this podcast. To hear more podcasts or read the posts that are meant to nudge the dreamer in all of us to become the doer we were meant to be, visit us at joyventure.net. And if you've discovered your joy but feel stuck on how best to develop it, know that that's what we do best, and we'd love to partner with you. Send us a note through our website and we'll talk. Until next time, remember, never stop discovering. Thanks for listening.